Hebrews chapter 11, and I'm going to read there starting in verse 1. We'll read the word and then pray over it as we receive it today. Hebrews 11, 1, and I'm in the CSB if you want to sync up on your electronic version there. But it says, now faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. For by it, our ancestors won God's approval. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was approved as a righteous man because God approved his gifts. And even though he is dead, he still speaks through his faith. By faith, Enoch was taken away so he did not experience Death. He was not to be found because God took him away. For before he was taken away, he was approved as one who pleased God. Now, without faith, it is impossible to please God, since the one who draws near to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. And by faith, Noah, after he was warned about what was not yet seen and motivated by godly fear, built an ark to deliver his family. By faith, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that we can worship over it. I thank you that you open our eyes to the wonders of it as we incline our ear to what you would say to us today. Uh, I thank you that you've never left me uh, without a word to share and a zeal to share it with. And Holy Spirit, I thank you that you empower it today as only you can, ministering to each heart as we have need. We thank you for your goodness and your grace today. In Jesus' name, amen. So we've been going through uh, Hebrews 11, talking about living by faith. And the fun thing about Hebrews 11 is it points back to all of these uh, people who we have records of in the Old Testament. So we've been getting to dip back over into there a little bit. But living by faith, we talked about uh, what it is and why it's needed. Back in chapter 10, uh, it tells us not to throw away our, our confidence because it has great reward and because we need endurance. Amen. It says that the righteous one will live by faith and we are not like those who draw back and are destroyed. We are like those who have faith and are saved. So it sounds pretty necessary. Uh, we went through there, verse two or three, excuse me. It's by faith we understand how the cosmos, the world, the universe was created. How by faith Abel offered a better sacrifice than Cain did. Remember, bless the Lord, O my soul, and not try to impress the Lord, O my soul. Uh, and then last week, by faith, Enoch was taken away. He walked with the Lord and he was not for God took him. Uh, that when we walk with the Lord through our whole life, by the time we get to the end of it, it'll be Stephen walked with the Lord and then he was not. He was not what? He was not what he used to be. He was not how he used to be. He was not where he used to be. Why? Because God took him. God took him. So today... We're going to continue to look at this idea of living by faith. Remember, faith is a divinely imparted ability from God to you so that you can see, so that you can trust, so that you can endure with confidence and that so you can be fully and truly alive in and to and through him. 
Amen. So today we're talking about Noah. It says, by faith, Noah, after he was warned about what was not yet seen and motivated by godly fear, he built an ark to deliver his family. By faith, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Now, Noah connected to our guy from last week, Enoch. Noah was the grandson, the son of Lamech, the grandson of Methuselah and the great grandson of Enoch. So he's part there of that family line. And his name means uh, comfort or bring us relief. We've. Reminds me of the Jerry Clower line, right? Shoot up in here amongst us. One of us has got to have some relief. Uh, If you haven't heard that one, you're missing out. Genesis chapter 6 is where we see a little bit broader picture of the story and the faith of Noah. We're going to dip back over there for just a minute. Read a little bit. It says in Genesis 6 and verse 5, When the Lord saw that human wickedness was widespread on the earth and that every inclination of the human mind was nothing but evil all the time, the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth and he was deeply grieved. Then the Lord said, I will wipe mankind whom I created off the face of the earth together with the animals, creatures that crawl and the birds of the sky, for I regret that I made them. Noah, however, found favor with the Lord. So we see a contrast here from what we saw in creation where God created a good garden, a good world. We've seen now that because of mankind's sin, what it has uh, declined into that there is evil and wickedness widespread through the earth. But Noah found favor with the Lord or grace. It says in verse Nine, these are the family records of Noah. He was a righteous man, blameless among his contemporaries. Noah walked with God. And Noah fathered three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. So it says, just like Enoch, Noah walked with God. And in verse 11, now the earth was corrupt in God's sight. The earth was filled with wickedness. God saw how corrupt the earth was, for every creature had corrupted its Way on the earth. And God said to Noah, I've decided to put an end to every creature for the earth is filled with wickedness because of them. Therefore, I'm going to destroy them along with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it with pitch inside and outside. This is how you are to make it. The ark will be 450 feet long, 75 feet wide and 45 feet high. You're to make a roof, finishing the sides of the ark to within 18 inches of the roof. You're to put a door in the side of the ark, make it with lower, middle, and upper decks. Understand that I'm bringing a flood. Flood waters on the earth to destroy every creature under heaven with the breath of life in it. Everything on earth will perish, but I will establish my covenant with you. And you will enter the ark with your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives You're also to bring onto the ark two of all the living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive. Two of everything, from the birds according to their kinds, from the livestock according to their kinds, and from the animals that crawl on the ground according to their kinds will come to you so that you can keep them alive. Take them with you, every kind of food that is eaten. Gather it as food for you and for them. And Noah did this. He did everything that God had 
commanded him. We won't read the whole story, but we'll summarize seven is that just as God said it would be, it was. He told them to enter the ark. It says the Lord shut the door and then the watery depths burst open and the floodgates of heaven began to rain down and rain fell for 40 days and 40 nights. And everything on the dry land died in the flood. Verse 22 of chapter 7. Then in chapter 8, we see that after many days, the waters receded. The ark came to rest on a mountaintop. And as they came out of the ark on the dry land, they were blessed by God. God told them to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. Noah built an altar and sacrificed to the Lord. And God made and established his covenant with Noah, with man. He said, I'm going to establish my covenant with you between me and the earth. And we see all this additional context in Genesis as we're looking at the faith of Noah, as it's referenced there in Hebrews 11. We want to take a closer look at Noah's faith. Again, in Hebrews 11, it was just one verse, wasn't it? One verse, but out of that, we're going to pull several, in fact, seven things about the faith of Noah. The first thing I want to look at is the basis or the beginning of Noah's faith. The basis or the beginning of his faith is at the first of the verse there in Hebrews 11, 7. By faith, Noah, after he was warned, he was warned, which means he heard the word of the Lord. He heard the word of God. Romans 10, 17 says faith comes from what is heard and what is heard comes through the message about Christ or faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Paul would also say we've been reading about Paul in Acts in our Wednesday night Bible study in Acts 27, which we just covered when they were about to be shipwrecked. He said, I believe God that it will be just the way that it was told to me. Faith comes by hearing the word of the Lord. Faith rests not on our feelings, not on our cravings or our desires, but on the word of the Lord. It's easy for us to think wrongly, either about God, about ourselves, about the world, about our relationships. We can think wrong thoughts if we're not hearing the word of the Lord. Because we are listening to something, we're developing our thoughts and mindsets from something, and scripture says that it's only going to be by faith if it comes from where? From the word of the Lord. It's imperative that we hear it. It's imperative that we read it. It's imperative that we study it and meditate on it because that is where our faith originates and is grounded. So that's the basis of his faith. Then we see the scope of his faith by faith after he was warned about what? About what was not seen. Remember, faith is the proof of the unseen. Hebrews 11, 1. It's the conviction of the unseen. It's did God say it? Yes. Do I feel it? No. But is it true? Absolutely. Why? Because God has said it. Isn't he faithful to do what he said he would do? It says in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, that believers walk by faith and not by sight. And what it's talking about there is our understanding of our eternal home with him, 
our life eternal with God Almighty. Paul says we walk by faith, not by sight. Why? Because it's not always going to feel like it. It's not always going to feel like it here, what it's going to be like there. And his answer to it doesn't feel like it is we don't walk by how we feel. We walk by faith. Hebrews 10, 23 says, let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering. Why? Because he who has promised is faithful. He who has promised is faithful. We walk by that faith and not by sight. His faith was in what was not yet seen. Why? Because the Lord told him it was going to flood. As far as we know, it hadn't even never rained. Not only has it not flooded, it's never rained. So he had faith in what God said, even though he hadn't yet seen it. He built an ark for years. Probably looked like a crazy person. Because anybody looking would have said there's no need for what you are doing. There's no evidence for why this would be necessary. There's never been a flood. There's never been a rain. But he had what the word of the Lord. Sometimes when you're walking by faith, it's not going to make sense to people who are walking by sight. Because you're seeing things differently. What about the character of Noah's faith? It said... By faith, after he was warned about what is not yet seen and motivated by godly fear. Motivated by godly fear. Romans 11, 22, which we'll talk about probably this Wednesday because we got a question in our question box about the 10 lost tribes of the nation of Israel. That'd be an interesting one. But in Romans 11, 22 Paul wrote, consider the goodness and the severity of God. Consider the goodness of God and the severity of God. Severity towards those who have fallen, but kindness towards you if you remain in his kindness. Otherwise, you too will be cut off. Says he was motivated by godly fear. And we we sing a lot about the goodness of God. But scripture says, don't forget about the severity of God. Consider the goodness and the severity of God. The Prince of Preachers said it like this. He who doesn't believe God will punish sin will not believe that he will pardon it through the atoning blood. If we doubt God's word on one thing, we shall have small confidence in it upon another thing. He said, if you don't believe in the severity of God, you don't really believe in the goodness of God. He said Noah was motivated by godly fear. And then we see the evidence of his faith. By faith, Noah, after he was warned about what is not yet seen and motivated by godly fear, built an ark. He built an ark. There was evidence of his faith. Faith, as we read through Hebrews 11 and we hear all these names and we hear all of these instances of their faith in their life, all of them, every single one, down to the very last person involved action. Everything in there involved an action. 
All of them did something. By faith, Abel offered a better sacrifice. By faith, Enoch walked with God. By faith, Noah built an ark. Faith in your heart will result in the actions of your hand. You're going to be carrying something out. Faith is not inactive. That was the evidence of Noah's faith was that he built an ark. We see the issue of his faith. He built an ark. Why? To deliver his family. And then we see the witness of Noah's faith. He built an ark to deliver his family. By faith, he condemned the world. Again, don't be surprised when the life of faith that you live causes conflict with those who aren't living by faith. Him walking in faith, it said, condemned the world. We have to remember that sin is rebellion against God. It's an attitude and an attitude is how I think and how I feel about everything. It's a rebellious attitude. God says do and I don't. When I don't, what am I saying? I won't. When God says don't, not do. Right? We've all been there. When he says don't and I do, it's rebellion of I'm going to do this. This is what I want to do. Sin is rebellion against God. It's an attitude. It's how we think and how we feel about everything. Faith is also an attitude. It's just opposite. And it stands in contrast to the sin of the world. Noah was righteous among his contemporaries. He stood out in the way that he thought, the way that he lived, the way that he looked to God, the way that he thought about God. It stood out in contrast to the world. And it said, by faith, he condemned the world. And then we see the reward of his faith. By faith, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Faith in God brings a, a present blessing. It's happening right now. I'm a recipient of it right now. And it also brings a permanent blessing or inheritance in the land of promise. Amen. I am able to have that perfect peace. My mind being stayed on him here in this life. And it's more than I can ever imagine when I step into the next. It said Noah became an heir of the righteousness that comes how? By faith. Not by what he did, but by faith. So that it might be according to grace. And we don't just learn about the faith of Noah in Genesis, but we see types and images of the author and the finisher of our faith of Jesus Christ, who is the better Noah, who is the better ark. Remember, Noah's name said meant comfort, relief, rest. It said that the father's eye was delighted to rest on Noah. How much more Jesus Christ. It said that he was righteous among the multitudes, that he walked with God, that he was given a work to do, and it was a work he had to do by himself. A work to preserve from judgment, and he did exactly 
as the Father commanded. And he saved all of those who were of his household. How much more, Jesus? The better Noah, the better ark. See, the ark was a divine provision. God told Noah to build him an arky arky, and then how the song goes. We won't sing that one. It'll get stuck in your head. He told Noah before the flood, here's what you're going to need. And Revelation tells us that the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. Before it was even clear that there was a need, there was provision in Christ. Before the flood, there was an ark. Before sin, there was a set Savior. God revealed the design of the ark to Noah, and by His Spirit, He revealed the person and the work of the Messiah before, during, and after. Testified of the work that He would do, was doing, and that He did complete. The ark was a refuge from divine judgment. And we know that there's no other name under heaven by which we can be saved, saved from what? The divine judgment on our sin than in Jesus Christ. If you look back there in Genesis, when the flood was about to take place, God invited them to get on the ark. To enter into safety, to enter into protection, to enter into that which would preserve them through the judgment. And he invites us into Christ Jesus. He said it was time to come in and then he secured them. It said he was the one that closed the door. God himself shut out the world and shut them into safety and security inside that ark. That's what he does for us in Christ Jesus. How many doors were on the ark? One. Not but one. There's only one way in. There's only one way into the safety. There's only one way into the preservation. And that's Jesus Christ. Now there was only one door, but how many rooms? It was a lot of rooms. Many rooms. And what did Christ tell us? He said, in my father's house, there are many rooms and I go to prepare a place for you so that where I am, you might be also. And when the ark had floated along on those flood waters, preserving Noah and his family, it came to rest where on the mountaintop. It came to rest on the rock high And lift it up. And where does it tell us that Christ is today? Seated in heavenly places. High and lifted up at the right hand of God the Father. Hebrews 11, 7. By faith Noah, after he was warned about what was not yet seen and motivated by godly fear, built an ark to deliver his family. By faith he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness That comes by faith. Amen. We learn about his faith that teaches us about our own faith. One of the acts of faith that we're going to get to engage in today. I'm going to close in prayer here in just a minute. But after that, after we dismiss, here's what we're going to do. 
Uh, we're going to go out. You can go get your kids. You can get you a cup of coffee, whatever. We're going to go out and around the sign uh, for baptism. Miss June Pace is going to be baptized today. Give me just a minute to get everything set up. Y'all don't have to hurry or rush, but we're going to go out there and get to take part in that avenue of grace that God has given us on which to experience him and better to know him. And I want us to keep a scripture in mind. I want to read it here as we get ready to finish in first Peter. First Peter, chapter three. First Peter, chapter three and verse 18, it says, for Christ suffered for sins once for all the righteous for the unrighteous that he might bring you to God. He was put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the spirit in which he also went and made proclamation to the spirits in prison who in the past were disobedient when God patiently waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared. In it, the ark, a few, that is eight people, were saved through water. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you, not as the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a good conscience toward God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers subject to him. I love the way that that reads. Similar to the image of the ark passing through the flood waters, we pass through the baptism waters. Not to clean ourselves, not to take a bath, not, not, not to wash the dirt off, but it said... As the pledge of a good conscience towards God. And how do we get that good conscience? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's showing that just as he, after he endured crucifixion on the cross, was laid down in the tomb. He didn't stay there on the third day he rose, which we get to celebrate here in a couple weeks. And so in the same likeness. We go down surrendering. We were talking about that before because June was concerned. She's like, he's not going to hold me down and then pray, is he? (laughs) Pastor Stephen prays a long time sometimes. I don't want to be holding my breath while he's praying. But we talked, part of it is, and she's not worried about that anymore. But part of it is you're surrendering to that person who's taking you under the water. You are surrendering yourself to them just like you've already surrendered yourself to Christ. To be united with him in his death, his burial, and in his resurrection. Romans 6 says, just as Christ died and rose different than he was when he went down, so also let us walk in newness of life. It's a picture of the new life that we have in Christ Jesus through the resurrection that it was his. We're united with him in that death, burial and resurrection, which means we're also united with him in his victory over sin, death and the grave. 
He also suffered for sins once for all the righteous. That's him for the unrighteous. That's us. So that he might bring you to God. He was put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the spirit. Amen. And he who is in heaven at the right hand of God with angels, authorities and powers subject to him. And hopefully this just hearing this today has stirred your faith a little bit to remember what it is that happened to you, what he did in your life so that you think rightly about him, about your old life, about your new life and the life everlasting that comes from him alone. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the hall of faith that we've gotten to uh, read the testimonies of, Lord, all that we can learn from your word. I thank you that when we hear it, it stirs faith on the inside of us to see the way that you see, to see yourself the way that you are. We, we don't see you as somebody told us that you were. When we hear your word, we see you clearly with our own eyes of faith. We don't see ourselves like we used to. We see ourselves the way that you see us. As believers, we're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We see our sin as it was rebellion, an attitude of rebellion before you and subject to that divine punishment. And I thank you that Christ suffered for us, the righteous for the unrighteous, so that he could bring us to you. Lord, when we were far from you, all it took on our side was faith in Christ because he had done everything else. God, we thank you for the testimony of baptism. We thank you for everything that it symbolizes. Just as that ark passed through the waters to salvation, we pass through the waters to salvation in you, life everlasting, that it's truth that we can touch. It's a moment that will forever uh, be emblazoned on our memory to know what happened to us, giving us an earthly example of a heavenly truth. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. And I thank you that we will be able to worship over it together. God, as we get ready to go, I thank you that we go in peace and unity together with one another. Lord, those that aren't able to be here with us today, I know we've got, we, we, we pray first for, for Adam, Lord, who was in uh, the car accident on Wednesday. I thank you, Lord, that his life was preserved, uh, against the odds preserved. And I thank you that he is doing well and going to improve, that you strengthen him uh, in his physical body, that you heal him. Uh, from this, these areas of pain that he's having in his mouth. I thank you, Lord God, that you heal that so that he's able to uh, chew and to eat and to take in nourishment like he like he wants to and needs to. And Lord, we, we, we pray over his head. We, we thank you, Lord, for the inflammation to go down and Lord, to uh, clarity of mind to come. I thank you, Lord, that his mind will be stayed on you and you'll keep him in perfect peace. And Lord, you'll walk him through the rest of this process in strength. Uh, that the spirit on the inside of him will strengthen him even as he progresses out of this physical weakness. And Lord, any others who are weak in their body today, heal them and strengthen them in Jesus name. Those that are away from us traveling, uh, bring them safely back to us. Lord, protect them and keep them safe. Those that are working today, I thank you that they do so as if they're working for you to your glory and for the good of those around them. And Lord, as we go into this week, 
that we do so with you in mind. That, that we don't see the way that we used to see, but we see through eyes of faith. And our heart and our mind stayed on you. I thank you for the perfect peace that comes from that. I thank you that you will order our steps. Put the right foot in front of the left one, headed in the right direction as we acknowledge you. I thank you that you direct our paths. And we thank you for all of these things. In Jesus' name.